Hello and welcome back to Life in Pictures podcast. This week we're going to be talking about a sequel movie. This is the sixth movie in this franchise. That's right. So is it a sequel for our number six? Yes, it's a sequel to the other five. Interesting. Okay. So the movie likes to make you guess a lot, so that's why we're not coming right out and say it, saying it. It's very scary. Might even be some people's favorite scary movie. Might be. Actually, the original, I would say, is probably mine. Yeah, I have to say, you know a lot more about this movie than I did, because I forgot a lot of the stuff in it. Yeah. But um, uh, it's good. It is good. So, without further ado, this week we are talking about... Scream 6. Scream 6. This movie was released earlier this year, I want to say like February or March, so it hasn't been out very long. Didn't seem like it was in the theater for that long. No, we wanted to go see it in the theater and we weren't even able to. Yeah, the time we were going to go get tickets, they were like, this isn't a thing anymore. We're like, what? Um, But it is streaming on Paramount Plus, which is how we watched it. Yep, it's streaming on Paramount Plus, so if you have a membership there, you can watch it included in your membership. Uh, It is also available now to purchase or rent digitally, Amazon Prime, Google Play, Apple, all the usual places, Vudu, wherever else you might consume digital movies. Uh, You can rent it for $3.99 or buy it for $19.99. And if you're old school and you don't want to do any of that newfangled digital stuff, you can pre-order it on Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray, and I think DVD as well on Amazon and probably other places too. And that's going to be coming out in July of this year. Mm-hmm. As always, we want to start with our disclaimer that this episode is going to contain spoilers. So if you have not seen Scream 6 and you want to see what happens before we tell you what happens, stop the episode, go watch it, then come back and listen. And um, we can chat about it together. Yeah. Spoiler alert, as always. So we'll just get into it then, I guess. Uh, So here's some of the things. We kind of wrote some notes while we were watching this. And here's some of the things we found interesting about the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was cool how the it starts out with a, a landline ringing. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like each one of the movies start out with a phone call. Um, but it turns out that's just the phone of the restaurant where somebody is. And it's not actually somebody using a landline. And then it, it switches to um, the first character we meet communicating with somebody over text. Which I also thought was interesting because it, it kind of shows the shift in the way that we talk to each other. You know, when this first movie came out in 1996... They didn't really have texting or cell phones or, I mean, they had them, I guess, but it, it wasn't like widespread like it is now. Um, I mean, you might have been able to like send text to a pager or something, but it wasn't like the way that we're using it now. Um, whereas now everybody pretty much just texts for everything and nobody wants to talk to anyone anymore. Right. Um, which is, it's kind of another commentary of like, how would this movie work today? Because people don't talk on the phone anymore. And most of the, the whole point of the, the way that these killings are set up is they call and talk to each other. 
So I thought that was cool. They they updated it a little bit. Well, and I think, I feel like every movie they've had to do that. So we start in 1996 where everybody has a landline and that's the most um, common form of communication. And Sydney's dad had a cell phone and like, oh, he had to have done it because... Yeah, you who know, else like, had a cell phone? Nobody back has a cell yeah. phone, and um, and then we move, you know, into the next few movies, and then people have cell phones, and then people have texting, and then um, in the last movie, um, one of the questions I'd had in the previous movie was like, well, you know, use your phone to like have an alarm system, and then that is incorporated now, and then like yeah. the cameras in the houses becomes incorporated, and. This um, particular first scene, she's texting with uh, a man that she's talking to through a dating app, which again is a much more recent recent type of thing. Where, I mean, you know, they've always had dating services, but not in the same way that they are now. Right. Um, I just thought of something. It's interesting that like we're calling them cell phones, but there's probably a lot of people now that don't even differentiate. She's like, that's my phone. What's the difference between a landline and a cell phone? I don't even know what a landline is. It's just a phone. It's what I've always had, you know? Yeah, that's true. So. Um, So it turns out that this lady is communicating with this man who she's supposed to be meeting for a date. And he actually asks permission to call her, which is a very 2023 thing to do. It seems like, you know, going back to nobody wants to talk to each other. It's like, oh, man, I better not call. This is taboo. If I actually call somebody, I better make sure it's okay. Whereas before it'd be like, you just why do you call and they won't answer if they don't want to talk to you? Just call them. What's the big deal? Yeah. You know, so. so this lady, it turns out, is uh, a slasher movie professor, as she calls herself. And um, so I guess technically she's like a film studies professor, but she specializes in slasher movies. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. And I do believe it was the second one when Sydney was in college that um, they were Randy was in a slasher film class. Is that right? Do I have that right? That sounds right to me. I and know one of the that's one, the thing they kind of blend together um, for me. The one guy that was the killer was also in that class. Yeah. Because he liked scary movies. And I think that that um is a repeated theme throughout these movies. They they keep going back to that these people are obsessed with slasher movies. It started with Billy and Stu in the original one and how they modeled their their entire killing spree after movies and then that kind of theme continued throughout the films yes and so continuing with that theme um this person on the phone you know at first he's acting all friendly and then it gets a little more sinister as the conversation goes on and he has lured this person out into a dark alley Mm -hmm. and you know she's falling for all of these cliches from these movies she supposedly knows so well so that was kind of weird right and that was my questions why is this professor of slasher movies going outside into a dark alley in new york city on what looks like halloween there's people dressed up in costumes like you have to know better than this like you're sitting here telling this guy on the phone 
you know, oh, yeah, I know all these rules. Here are the rules. And then you're breaking all the rules. And guess what happens? And it was funny because right after you had asked that question, the killer said the same thing on the phone. Like, yeah. How are you a professor of this and you're falling for it? Yeah. Uh, well, then he kills this lady in the alley. And then he pulls the mask off and shows his face. And I'm just like, they're just going to show you who it is right in the beginning, you know? And I mean, you kind of think, okay, well, there's got to be some kind of twist to it. And there was a twist to it. But it was just, yeah. I don't think that that's ever happened in a Scream movie before. So no. it was cool to see them kind of keep it fresh, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, there you, you got to pull out all the stops at this point because you're six movies in. Yeah. I mean, what are you really um, going to do? So shortly after this murder takes place, he he takes the mask off and he um, changes his clothes. And then he runs into Tara, Jenna Ortega's character, on the street where she's about she's going to a frat party and he's asking about her sister and um so you can see that they kind of know each other already yes yeah and they're on the campus of their university right so i'm assuming that's like a fictitious campus that's supposed to be like nyu or something but maybe it's a real place i really don't know i didn't look into it yeah. Um, but apparently it's a it's a it's a university in New York City. So I, I don't know if there's more than one or if that's supposed to be NYU or if it's just something they made up or what. But it's in the city. You know, he he doesn't go very far from where he just killed this lady to get back on campus where he meets up with. Well, I guess he doesn't meet up with them. He's passing and talks to them. Um, but then you kind of get to know, oh, OK, he knows these people. Right. Um, then they show him in his apartment. Um and he's and he goes to put away his mask and he has this whole like stab movie shrine yeah. in the closet. Yeah. And he and he has other horror movie stuff too. Like there's a psycho poster on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um there's some I think there's some other things in there too. Um but I don't remember what he was doing. Was he just eating dinner watching TV or something and his phone rings? Mm-hmm. So his phone rings and it's, you know, the scary voice on the phone and he thinks it's his buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. I killed that lady. I just had to do it. I was, you know, really jonesing to kill somebody. I know we're supposed to wait. And the guy says, yeah, well, you know, then he starts getting kind of suspicious of like, is this actually my friend or what, who's this on the phone? So, but during this conversation, we kind of get a, a little bit of backstory here. So, Apparently, these two guys are were both in this lady's class. He was giving this guy, she was giving this guy not, a not so great grade, but that's not what their intention was. Their intention is to kill Sam and Tara to finish out Richie's movie. Right. Richie from the last movie. Right. Who was the killer uh, in the last movie. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so they're having this conversation and then, you know, he starts to get suspicious and he asks him, well, how do we know each other? How long have we known each other? Blah, 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 blah. Well, where where are you? Are you in this apartment? Does he ask him if he's in this apartment? I don't he know. He says, I'm, I told you I'm right here. Okay. So, um, yeah. So then it turns out that, uh, you know, he says, well, this is dumb. I'm bored. I'm going to hang up. And then the killer's like, no, 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 wait, I got to tell you something or whatever. And I thought that was interesting because I was like, what if he did just hang up? Then what does the killer do in that situation? <laughs> he just has to keep calling him back and hope any answers or like texting him, dude, pick up your phone. Come on, man. I got to tell you something. Like what? 
I don't know if that's ever really happened that much in the movies where they just ignored him. Like, what would they do? Yeah. Like, even in the first movie, Drew Barrymore hangs up and he calls back and she picks up. What if she didn't pick up? Was he going to, like, knock on the window? Like, seriously, I got to tell you something. Come on. <laughs> the whole movie doesn't work if you don't talk to me. So, anyways, then he gets him to play a game and, you know, he makes him go over to the fridge and he opens the fridge and then his buddy Greg that he thought he was talking to was dismembered and hacked up inside the fridge. And then... <laughs> And then, you know, this new scary va- scary ghost face guy uh, stabs him to death. And he says, what about our movie? He's like, oh, I don't give a fuck about the movie. I'm a new killer guy and I'm going to kill everyone. Rawr. And, and then, it, you know, then then you, then you it starts the movie for real. Yeah. So, um, so Sam is looking for Tara and she calls her and her... <laughs> So maybe a little backstory. Sam is Billy Loomis's daughter and Tara's sister from the last movie. Because some of these people, I'm just like, I saw this last movie and I don't know who you are or why you're important. Well, Sam was also <laughs> in the fourth movie with Kirby. Yeah, see, I didn't know who Kirby was. They're like, Kirby's back. I was like, okay, I don't, who's that? I guess we need to do a rewatch. I don't remember a lot of this stuff. I was just like, yeah, all right, cool. I guess we're supposed to care that you're back. Great. Like, it's the lady from Nashville. Yes, it is. You're right. Good job. Good job, babe. It was like she was involved in Scream at some point. I did not remember that. Yeah, I remember Anna Kendrick. No, not Anna Kendrick. The other one. Emma. Dang, was Anna Kendrick in Scream too? I think she might have been. In Dang, one man. Like, I don't remember a but lot of Emma that Roberts stuff. But Emma Roberts is the killer in the fourth one. She's like Sydney's cousin or something. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, moving, so, moving along. Yeah. If you're like me and you forgot a lot of this stuff, you might want to do some research before you watch this movie. Some rewatching. But honestly, like, you didn't need to. Yeah. That's the thing about these movies is, like, it's good to have the context, but they do enough explaining along the way that you can kind of figure out what's happening even if you haven't seen it in a while or haven't seen it at all i guess i mean yeah. um i i feel like they give you enough of the backstory in the current film to be able to keep up yeah i mean you'll get it it's just some of these characters were new to me even though they shouldn't have been <laughs> i couldn't remember about them um, so I thought another thing I thought was interesting was Tara's <laughs> voicemail actually even says, why aren't you texting me right now? Which sort of reiterates the times we're in where nobody wants to talk to each other. Right. Just text me anything you have to say to me. Even if you send me like four pages of texts, it's easier than talking to another person for five seconds because avoid interaction at all costs or something. I don't, I'm not really sure what that mentality is about, but. That's what that's the world we live in now. So maybe we should text you guys this podcast. I mean, we'll just make a blog and you can read it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um so then we get to meet the detective and he is my favorite. Yeah. Kermit McDougal's in the house. Dermot Mulroney. And his, wow, he's aged a lot. Yeah, his name is Kermit McDougal. A lot of people don't know this. But what, that's his name. This is what Travis calls him, and it drives me crazy, and he continues to do it. That is totally his name. And the backstory on this is Travis actually thought at one point that Kermit McDougal was his name. That is his name. For real. <laughs> okay, so like when we... I'd never heard of who this guy was before, right? 
till I met you. And then we saw some like romantic comedy movies that you wanted to see. And this guy was in a lot of them. And then I just remembered he had a weird name. And I thought that was his name for real. Because I remember you, I was like, what's that guy's name? And you told me. And I was like, that's weird. I don't never heard of anybody named that before. And then for some reason in my mind, I thought that was his actual name. And so then at some point I just decided like, okay, I know his actual name is Dermot Mulrooney, but like, I'm, I'm not even going to call him that. He's Kermit McDougal from now on. That's his name. And I'm not even trying to say that as like an insult. I think that guy is pretty cool. I like to see him show up in places. That's just, that's just his name in my mind. So. Kermit McDougal. Kermit so McDougal. Kermit McDougal is in the house. He's a detective. Um, and he is also the father of Sam and Tara's roommate, Quinn. Yes. Who we learn very early on has a lot of gentlemen callers. She's, she's very uh, friendly. Very friendly. Yes. Um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me is the um, the deaths. in. I, I think the last one, too, but especially this one, are just like so gory. And I don't know if... They felt like they feel like with the times they have to up that gore factor. I think one of the things for me that made the original Scream so um, appealing was that it it was horror, but it wasn't so bad. And there was like a lot more comedy kind of within it. Now, not to say that there weren't funny moments in this movie. Like, this this movie was okay. It's not as good as the original. Um, but I just feel like I don't know if that's, like, another thing to, like, keep up with the times. Um, you know, like, movies like Saw. And I'm not into that, like, super... I don't need to see your eyeball being pulled out of your face. I just don't. Um but that's probably a preference thing, and and maybe they're trying to win over more audiences. Yeah, I don't want to get off on too much of a side note on Saw, but I just remember this one part, and I think it was either Saw two or three, where they had this one trap where this guy is looking through a keyhole, and then on the other side of the keyhole, there's like a gun, and you know, I guess I don't even remember what ended up happening, but I was just really hoping that what would happen was like the trigger would pull. And then the camera would back up and the guy would turn towards the camera with like a face full of soot and it would be like Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. And it would just be like, wah, 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 wah. And that's it. But <laughs> that didn't happen. I always thought Saul, Saul was kind of lame, actually. Like, on, I, I never got the, the hype. Like, it was okay. But like, everyone's like, oh my God, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. And like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't know. Anyways, back to Scream. So Sam and Tara are like trying to run away from Ghostface and they run into like a little bodega, a little convenience store. Yeah. And the owner of the store has a shotgun. Yeah. But apparently a shotgun is no match for like a little skinny dude with a Halloween costume and a knife. Yeah. Because apparently these people are also superhuman when they put this costume on. Yeah. And, you know, this guy shoots at him and misses. And then this guy's like, the ghost face guy's like, I'll handle this. I have a knife. And he, like, knocks him over and grabs his gun and kills him with it. I'm like, okay, so when you have the gun, it kills people. But, like, you're immune from that, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. So, you know, um, Sam and Tara obviously escape. 
And one of the new uh, calling cards for this Ghostface is that Ghostface is dropping the mask every time he he, uh, kills people. Um, So they take Sam and Tara to the police station to kind of question them with what's going on. And yeah, Kermit's kind of trying to take him under his wing, you know? Yeah. Because he's like their friend's dad and the detective and everything. Right. And then someone comes in and says, the FBI's here. And then um, he goes to see who's there from the FBI because he's like, this is my jurisdiction, blah, 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 you know, men. And um, (laughs) it turns out that the FBI agent is Kirby. Kirby's back. And, you know, she's there to help because um, she is from the Atlanta field office and the two um, kids that were murdered were from Atlanta Greg and Jason. Greg and Jason. Um, And then we also find out at this point in time that the masks that have been left behind have the DNA of the The former previous killers. killers. The previous killers. Yeah. Going in the backwards order from the most. So Richie's DNA and then the girl that was doing it with him. And then the the killer before. So like going in that the order of the killers, but backwards. Um, so we don't really know what this means at that point, but like how did they get their DNA? Um, what the hell? So then Gail Weather shows up, of course, because of course she does. And um there's a whole like throwback to the scene where Sydney punches Gail and Sam goes to punch Gail, but Gail like ducks out of the way. And then when she stands back up, Tara punches her and you don't really see that coming. So she doesn't go down though. She doesn't go down. Nope. Bitch, bitch didn't go down. Not like when Nev Campbell hit her. Yeah. So I think she's taken enough punches at this point in time. Yeah. Um. So Sam and Tara are mad at her because she wrote a book about them. This is very reminiscent of like the whole uh, story yeah. with Sydney. Um. And then Gail says, you know, Sydney sends her love, but she took Mark and their kids, and they're somewhere safe. So that's how they kind of explain why Nev Campbell is not in this movie. Now Nev Campbell's not in the movie in real life because of like salary disputes. Is that what it was? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I think um they probably had to work around that. I really think that if the next movie is the like the last movie, there's really no way she can't be in it. So yeah. maybe they were like saving the budget for her to be able to be in that right. one. Uh, well, I heard it was something like they didn't want to pay her equally with other people or something. So it was like a like a protest kind of thing. I mean, I think I what I'd heard it was money. Like yeah. she wasn't being offered enough money, but, but I don't But know. I heard it like it wasn't necessarily money. Like as in, I'm so awesome. You should pay me a lot of money. And if you don't, I won't be here. It was like, I deserve to make X amount of dollars because other people are making X amount of dollars. And the studio was like, yeah, we're not doing that. And she was like, all right, cool. Well then I'm not going to be in it. I, that's what I, I thought I remembered hearing, but I, don't I mean, know. good for her. Yeah, I mean, exactly. They yeah. built this whole franchise on her. Sure. Back, if that's know? the case, then they should pay her. And like, honestly, like, I feel like there was a long point in time where she probably was typecast and missed out on opportunities because she had been Sydney yeah. and because that kind of became her whole character, you know? Right. Um, 
so yeah, pay the woman if you want her to be in it. I, yeah. I, I could be completely wrong about that. I'd have to, to double check, but I feel like I remember hearing that at some point. So, hey, if you know the answer to that, feel free to hit us up on our social medias at Life and Picks Pod on Instagram and Twitter, at Life and Pictures Podcast on YouTube and Facebook. And if you don't use any of those platforms and you're old school and just want to email us, Life in Pictures Podcast at gmail.com. But what if they're like really old school and they just want to leave us a voicemail? Well, you could do that too, I guess. I think you can do that on our anchor page, actually. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So leave us a voicemail. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite scary movie? Um, Anyway, so (laughs) then we see Ghostface at Sam's therapist's apartment. I guess we should back this up. There was a scene earlier in the movie where Sam is visiting with her therapist. And this is, I think, simultaneously happening while um, Greg and Jason are getting butchered, right? So she's with her therapist, and it's she hasn't really opened up to the therapist, and then she does open up to the therapist, and she says, you know, like, when she killed Richie, it it felt good. Like, uh-huh. you know, and then the therapist like flips out and he's like, I can't see you anymore. I have to report this. And she's like, I didn't say I want to kill someone. I just like I need help. And he's like, no, nope, out. So then um, fast forward back to where we are now. Ghostface goes to the therapist's house and kills him and then steals her file. Yes. And so now that he has the file, then he knows all the information that he needs to know about Sam, like where she lives. And I think he already knows where she lives, but like all kinds of personal information that, you know, they probably shouldn't have access to. Yeah. Um, Oh, so then we get um, a throwback to all of this been constant through all of these screen movies. I don't know if this is the name of this song, but I'm just going to call it Red Right Hand because that it's always playing when something's going down in the screen movies right. or like in between things going down. Uh, so you're like, oh, yeah, I'm watching a screen movie if I wasn't sure before. Now, you know, and uh, we thought it was weird that like a, up to this point in the movie, nobody had really mentioned the professor being murdered. They were just like, yeah, whatever. This lady died. We don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah. Weird. Totally weird. So then there's a scene where um, the group of friends, they call themselves the core four and then their other little friends. Um, they're all sitting together outside in the quad on campus and they're theorizing about these murders. So this is obviously a callback to the earlier movies with Randy talking about the rules. You don't know the rules. And um, this happened, you know, in several movies and even more interesting that the person that's doing it is Mindy, who is Randy's niece. So Mindy and Chad, the brother and sister from Woodsboro in the last movie, um, are Randy's niece and nephew. So Mindy starts to talk about, like, this isn't just a sequel. This isn't just a remake. This is a franchise at this point. And then she starts to go over, like, the rules of the franchise, which are basically there are no rules. Everybody's a suspect, including the main character. Like everybody can die. Um, there's going to be like beheadings and all kinds of like gory ass killings. And um, 
you know, pushing that tension to the next level. Yes. Um, I thought that was interesting, too, that they had that little callback. And it's like they're always always a group of kids sitting around at school theorizing on who's killing who and rules of the movies and stuff. Right. Um, well, then they cut back to uh, Kirby and Kermit <laughs> going over the details of the crime when Kirby actually brings up the professor, finally. So finally. Maybe Kirby cares. Yeah. Um, so, they decide that, or they, not, not decide, but they... Uh, notice i guess that those the, the masks at the crime scene have the previous killer's dna right. my question was like well how did they get that dna like you know clearly know. It has to be somebody who would have a means to do that um then this is kind of you know you sort of as you do in all of these movies they try to you know make you question everyone so you know there's a scene where Quinn gets murdered and Mindy gets stabbed, but it doesn't look like she gets stabbed in a way that would really like it would kill her or, or mm-hmm. seriously injure her. So you're like, Oh, maybe she's in on it. Um, and then, you know, they get attacked in their apartment. Um, it turns out the killers had taken the knives out of the kitchen so they couldn't fight back. Um, they start going after people. I thought this was weird that like, so this guy, Danny, who's Sam's boyfriend, lives like across the courtyard from them. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, I'll save you. And he like puts, he pushes this giant extension ladder from his apartment across to their window. And they crawl up, across it. But I'm still not sure why he just had a giant extension ladder in his apartment. Like He's just like, oh, yeah, I just have this ladder all the time. Here you go. This will save you. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why that was a thing. But that was kind of funny to me. Um, it, and as like I was saying, where they want you to question everybody, it, it, like every screen movie is just kind of like a game of Clue. Yeah. You just have to kind of, oh, maybe it was this guy with this weapon in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then also like retraining your brain. It's they want you to think it's this person. So it's obviously not this person. But also maybe they're doing that on purpose and it is this person. Like the the little mind games that they like to play. Yeah. So then Danny tells Sam not to trust anyone, including him. Um, And I thought that was interesting because, you know, he's like, you don't even know me that well. Yeah. So if you want to stay alive, like trust no one. Yeah. Um, And I think that was good advice. And I, I started to wonder if like they had named Sam after Sam Loomis and psycho. Because I mean, they made they named Billy Loomis after you know, right? So I mean, it's it's very likely, and their last name is Carpenter. Yeah, like, like I think like it John all kind of goes back to um, horror movie references. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting to me. Um, at this point in the movie, uh, after Quinn gets killed, Kermit is distraught. He's having a rough time. His 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 daughter was murdered, so he gets taken off the case because. His daughter is killed. Then he makes a vow that he's going to kill this killer. And Sam and Tara agree with him. Um, And then Gail shows up again. And she kind of becomes friends with Kermit and Sam and Tara. Mm -hmm. Because they were kind of, there was some kind of tension there before. Right. But she has news. Right. She's figured out where these masks 
are coming from. Because she's a smart lady. She's very good at her job. So she gets this address and she finds this secret shrine that belonged to Jason and Greg. It's in an old movie theater. And it's basically a museum of the killers and their weapons and all of the things related to these killings, but also the stab movies. Yeah, and it chronicles all of them from the beginning, which was really cool to see. They had, I mean, obviously, like in this movie, they're from real things that happen, I guess. But in reality, they have these props from like the other screen movies and I guess maybe stab movies too, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like they're like, this is the TV that kills Stu or like, you know, this is. Yeah. And why would that still be around? Yeah. I, like... Well, because these people are crazy and they collect it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's where the mask came from. And while they're in that museum, Sam has a vision of Billy telling kind of giving her advice on what to do and if you recall this happened in the last movie as well where it was kind of like a little hologram of skeet ulrich if you will um but it felt like he looked a little different yeah i was really questioning like is that actually skeet ulrich or did they just get some new guy and try to make him look like him because it didn't look like him at all to me but i feel like they probably did some like anti-aging work on his face that wasn't the best yeah um, i mean it was him he was in the credits um but... to me it felt like the hair was off i don't know the last one i felt like it was clearly him you could tell it was him this one it felt a little different but um i i mean you could still tell it was him by the voice and stuff but yeah um and then mindy and kirby are kind of having this moment where they're talking about horror movies and um kind of saying the same thing at the same time so they have like this bonding moment yeah, they talk about different horror movies, and then they both say that Psycho 2 is underrated, which I thought was great, because as you'll recall, if you've been listening to this podcast, uh, I'm a big fan of the Psycho series myself, and I think it's cool that, like, that, you know, as we were saying in those episodes covering the Psycho movies, its influence is still around all these years later. Like, it's influenced these generations of filmmakers, and it's probably one of those things that's just never going to go away. And it, it was cool to kind of just see that you know, reinforced, I guess, um, in a brand new movie this year. It's still, it still has an influence. So. So they try to set up the killer by going out into the public in the park and, um, to draw him out so they can catch him and they get a lead on where he is and he is at Gail's apartment. So Tara and Samantha steal Kermit's cop car. Yeah, and then he yells out, you can't steal a cop car, but they do. But they do. And then we see Gail at her apartment, and she's got this boyfriend guy. Maybe he's her husband. I don't know. Um, and he's, like, you know, big, strong guy. And um, then the killer calls. <laughs> and he says, he, the, the boyfriend answers, and he says, it's for you. It's the killer. Yeah. He says it's the killer. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, the killer comes after Gail. Uh, Gail puts up a pretty good fight. And I, during this, I kind of thought the same thing as the mini Where I'm like, why are these people always, these ghost face folks are always superhuman? Like, there's this part where in the chase, 
she like smacks him across the face with a cast iron frying pan. Yeah. And it doesn't phase him at all. Just gets up, no problem. You know, keeps what is on that going. Mask made out. Yeah, of? and then like you know, she locks herself in this closet behind a deadbolt, and then he's almost like knocking the door off the hinges. And I mean, I I guess we have spoiler alerts in place. I don't know if we want to wait to the end to reveal who it was, but I guess we will. But like the people, I guess there's a little spoiler there. The pe- it's more than one person, but that's pretty common in these movies. The people that were the killers, though, are not, like, big, strong people. Yeah. So, like, right. how is it that they can get hit in the face with a frying pan and, like, almost bust a door off the hinges and, you know, take out a whole store of people trying to fight them and everything? But they're these little tiny people. I don't yeah. I don't get it. But, uh, anyway, Gale puts up a pretty good fight, but then Ghostface wins. Or does he? We don't know yet. It looks like he did, but maybe he didn't. All right, spoiler alert, he didn't. Gail goes to the, the hospital. <laughs> Everybody's there trying to, you know, visit her, make sure she's okay or whatever. Then Danny shows up later. So then you're supposed to say, hmm. oh, is Danny the, maybe he's the killer? Because why wasn't Did he there with everybody Danny else? Danny do it? But then, you know, then Kermit does some stuff that you're like, maybe he's the killer. I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. So, yeah, we've reached this point in the movie where they want you to think it's everybody, right? So there's like some little thing that everybody is doing that makes you go hmm is it this person um so then they are on they decide to like set a trap for ghostface and they they have to take a subway to get back to that like museum they're gonna trap ghostface in this museum and like kill him or her or whatever um so they're in the subway and again this must be taking place like around halloween because the first murder happened and there were people in costumes and now they're on these subway trains and there are people in costumes and there's lots of icons of horror as like a little spoiler there was like freddy Um, krueger there was pennywise there was hellraiser yeah there was i mean there was several ghost face um Right. Uh, I feel like there were some other ones. And it was also kind of interesting because, you know, Scream is a franchise that uh, the original one was directed by Wes Craven, which, you know, so was Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. And I don't know if any of those other ones were, but definitely Nightmare on Elm Street was. Um, But I thought it was, I questioned that too, because I'm like, I don't know if this is the events of this are like leading up to Halloween because if it was Halloween on the first night, like why would all these people still be dressing up? So maybe it's like around Halloween and people are going to parties and stuff, but not actually on Halloween. Yeah. Or just maybe people are just weird. I don't know. But um. so um, when they go to get on the train, they kind of get separated and Ethan and Mindy get kind of left behind. So they have to take the next train. Is this a coincidence? I don't know. Yeah, there was already some speculation that maybe Ethan had something to do with it. Yeah. You know? so because then... he was the only person that was not in the apartment with them um, the evening that it got all crazy and Quinn died. Um, and their other friend who fell off the ladder to her death. Yes. The one, the giant ladder that Danny gave them. But then Ghostface came and dumped her off of it anyways. So it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Tanny was like, I'm not trying to save you. The people that I care about are already over here. So Mindy ends up like 
both trains they're showing the different ghost face people and everybody's scared because it, any of those ghost face people could be the real ghost face and i guess there are points in time when you are going underground where the lights go out um so then they show mindy getting stabbed by ghost face on the train and then ghost face leaves and then ethan tries to help her and mindy says this franchise <laughs> um Meanwhile, the rest of the group ends up at the museum trap. Right. And then Sam doesn't want Danny to come in because she's, you're not one of us. And you told me not to trust you. And he's like, fair enough. Peace out. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go get a coffee. I'll see y'all later. Yeah. Whatever. And then at this point, we start to question, is Kirby in on it? And Kermit McDougal calls and he says, she was put on leave because she's crazy. Yeah, she's and not even an FBI agent anymore. Yeah. They fired her because she was mentally unstable. Don't trust Kirby. Trust me. I'm Kermit. Trust me. Kermit. So Sam sees another vision of Billy in the museum. And uh, he's, you know, trying to tell her what she's got to do. Which I guess is kill everyone. You know what you have to do. And and then, you know, so they're really trying to make it look like Kirby's in on it at this point. Like she's the one. Maybe she lured all these people here and she's going to kill all of them. Um, And then Ghostface comes and stabs Tara and Chad when they were trying to have a moment. All this time. The second time they were trying to have a moment in this movie. Yeah. And they got stabbed. That's what happens. And then Sam tells everybody, Kirby's a killer. What are you doing? And then there's chases that ensue. Um, one of the mannequins gets its head cut off and Chad exclaims, beheadings. Because earlier in the in the movie when they were going over the rules of franchises, anything goes, even beheadings. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. Um, so, and then at this point, we see Chad getting stabbed. Um you know, after all the running around. And at, it's at this point that we realize there's two ghost faces. Yeah. It kind of, even when I was taking the notes, I was thinking, are there multiple killers? And right after I was thinking that, it yeah. showed both of them. I was like, okay, there are. Um, And I know you were wondering, have there been multiple killers in every movie? And the only movie where there was a single killer was Scream 3. Okay. Um, when Roman was the killer then, and that was, um, Sydney's brother, half yes. brother or whatever. So during all of this chaos, Kirby shows up again with a gun and saves the day. But then you got to wonder, like, is she, is she, is she good, good or bad? Is, is she, she trying bad? to save people or does she just want to be the ones that kills them? So then there's a showdown between Kermit and Kirby. And, uh, what was know, his name in the movie? I don't know. Kermit. His name was Kermit. I don't even remember. I just call that guy Kermit. That's all you got to know. And then, and then, you know, you're like, okay, well, who's the good guy here? And then Kermit kills Kirby. And then, then you know, it's him all along. And then Ethan and Quinn come back. Quinn isn't dead after all. And then it turns out that, you know, they're his kids. And well, I guess you already knew she was his kid, but Ethan's his kid, too. But so was Richie. So Quinn had talked about earlier how she had a brother that had died. And um, she said it was in a car accident, but it wasn't in a car accident. Nay, nay. It was uh, he was murdered by Samantha Carpenter. 
So, um, turns out that, you know, because Kermit's a detective, they have access to evidence and stuff. That's how they got those masks and the DNA. Quinn's the one that started all the rumors about Sam being a killer and everything. Well, and that's why um, the shrine was built for uh, Richie because, um, you know, Kermit had access to those things. And his son just loved uh, the Stab movie so much that he wanted to give that to him. And I thought this was interesting what they had said, which she said the reason that she had started all those rumors is because now it's not enough to kill somebody. You have to assassinate somebody's character as well, which I think is is a pretty um, uh, shrewd commentary on the society we're in now. It's You know, it's like if anybody does anything, no matter when it was, if somebody finds takes offense to it, the next thing you know, somebody starts a hashtag and then that person is the worst person that ever lived. And it's true. I mean, that's that's basically what happens now. It could be something somebody found a tweet from, you know, 15 years ago. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, maybe at the time that was a perfectly acceptable thing to tweet. But 15 years later, something new has transpired that makes it offensive. And then that person is the worst person forever the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, for example. So that was an interesting line in the movie. Um, another kind of commentary on where our society is now. Uh, so anyway, then Kirby comes back and shoots Kermit and then Sam fights all of them off with a brick and a knife, which I thought was funny because after all of that, those fights they had, they had the mini mar, they had, they, they're getting hit in the face with frying pans, knocking doors off hinges, but she's got a brick now and they can't fight a brick. They don't have the masks on anymore. So yeah, this goes back to my theory that those masks are like. There's something about that. I guess they don't have their superpowers anymore because that brick took them out real quick. Yeah. So. So this goes on and on, obviously. Tara kills Ethan. Sam kills kills Quinn with a shot through the head. And remember, everybody gets back up again at some point that you think is dead unless they've been shot in the head. So that's that's how we know they're dead. So Kermit comes back and Sam fights with him. They fall off the balcony. Then when he comes to, Sam is gone, and he gets a phone call. It's the scary voice. Then Ghostface stabs Kermit, and then it turns out Ghostface is Sam. Yes, and didn't just stab Kermit like once or twice. Like yeah, she stabbed him a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then like, she she, she makes it, she makes it look like she wasn't gonna kill him because she says I'm not a murderer, and you're like oh all right, oh she's in Sam Kermit thinks she's not gonna kill him. But then right after that, she stabs him in the eye and kills him. Jeez Louise. And then that Red Riot Hand song plays again. I guess you can't get away from your birthright. And then, yep. And then there's the, uh, so this whole time they're showing Richie's movie on this screen in this movie theater they're in. And so there's an image of the ghost face mask burning. So I was wondering if maybe that's like symbolic of the end of these movies. Um... I don't know, but apparently it, it maybe not yet because I think they're going to be making another sequel. Yes, they've already announced there will be a seventh movie. So then Ethan shows up again somehow. So maybe he was kind of superhuman, even though he weighs like 100 pounds. <laughs> but, you know, like all of a sudden he's on PCP or something. And then the TV that killed Stu gets dropped on his head by Kirby and kills him, too. And then Danny, I guess, was done with his coffee by this point. 
So he came back in to check with the cops to see how everybody was doing. Oh, God. He just pops up at the right time. Hey, guys, I'm Daddy. What's up? You everything cool? All right. We got Starbucks for you. And then he tells uh, he tells everybody that Mindy and Gail are okay in the hospital. Kirby wasn't actually fired. Turns out Kermit was lying. <gasps> how dare he? So Kirby actually is an FBI agent, and yes. she was good all along. Yep. Turns out Chad didn't actually die either. It made Yay. it look like he was going to die, but he was okay the too. The core four made it. And then you see Sam actually has Billy's mask, and you think, oh, no, she's going to be bad. But then she drops it on the ground and leaves it behind. So I guess maybe that kind of symbolizes that she's not a killer like her genetics would have you believe. Um, and that's the end of the movie. And then at the end of the um, the credits, there was a, a clip of Mindy saying, not every movie needs a post credit scene, which I actually agree with. I think it's kind of out of control now that like every time you go see a movie... You have to watch after the credits to see what kind of thing they put after it. And like before, it used to be this kind of cool Easter egg. And now it's just like expected and kind of played out. Well, and now the problem is a lot of times, especially with like Marvel movies, you really need to watch that because it's going to set up the context for the next thing. Yeah. So it's not even like it's just a fun Easter egg. Like you need to stay. Yeah. So that's what, I mean, it's conditioned us even to like fast forward through all the way through the credits to see if there is something. And sometimes they fake you out because they'll have more than one post credit scene. Right. And it's just like, I feel like she's right. It's kind of getting out of hand after a while, you know, where it's like, I don't know. I guess if you want to put something cool after the credits and whatever, but sometimes it's like, if it's important to the plot, like maybe put it in the actual movie because what if you don't want to sit there? And then sometimes it's awkward when you're in the theater and you're like, I want to see if there's a scene, but I don't want to just be like the only dude sitting here making the people that work here yeah. like, will you please leave for the Get love of God? Of I want to clean the theater. Because honestly, I've been on the other end of that before where I'm just like, I can tell you for 100% there's nothing after the credits, but like they don't believe you. And they just sit there and you're like, I really just want to clean this theater so I can do my job. It'd be cool if you could go. Oh, they don't wait for you anymore. They just yeah, start cleaning they it. start cleaning around um, So there is going to be a seventh movie. And I, I've kind of read some fan theories online. And um, I thought we could discuss those a little bit. So there's, you know, the original trilogy really follows Sydney and Sydney's story. And um, all of it leads back to her mother, which, you know, she goes and... Um, discovers about her mother's past in the third movie and then she meets mark the detective who ends up being her husband patrick dempsey by the way um so and then that's kind of like her that for the first three movies were really about sydney prescott and and all around that so these more current movies have been around this story of samantha and finding out that she's billy loomis's daughter and um some people are saying well, it's interesting because their mother is not around. Where is their mother? So is this next movie going to be like the arc where they find out the backstory on their mother and that kind of ends it? Or are we going to have like a Sydney coming back kind of thing and like really ending it? Because I mean, I think it starts and ends with Sydney, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're thinking about that yet because I think as long as they feel like they can make money they're going to continue to make these movies. But I do feel like at some point it's time to like wrap it up before it becomes like 
too much. Some of these movies have not been that great. Like I don't, I don't really remember a whole lot about the fourth movie with Kirby in it because I don't think it was that good. Well, I didn't remember a lot about a lot of these things. So I was like, okay, yeah, I guess we're supposed to be happy this person's here, but it might as well have just been a new character for me because I didn't remember at all, you know? Yeah. So anyway, um, there will be another Scream movie. Uh, I We would love to know what's your favorite scary movie. Um, is it one of these movies? What's your favorite Scream movie? Do you have a favorite? Do you think, are you like a diehard originalist? Or do you like the more recent movies? Are you a fan of the more old school take on it where it's not as gory? Or do you like the the way that they're portraying it in current times? Um, also, we kind of have an idea where we want to start doing some things with our YouTube channel and doing some recordings and things like that. And, you know, we're wanting to start with like shorter videos. So we would love some ideas about you know, maybe we could do like top five scary movie moments or top five controversial uh, movie uh, moments, I guess. Uh, what do you think? Like, what would you like to see? Please reach out Life in Picks Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Life in Pictures Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. We also have the email. We also would love it if you could rate and review on Apple Podcasts because that gets us out to more people who can then hear and give us their opinions. And um, yeah. yeah, and if you have anything you want us to cover, let us know because uh, yeah. chances are we are probably going to watch whatever movie that is or if it's something we weren't planning on, maybe we'll find something new. Yes. So And um, we're trying to, to uh, be cool kids and uh, – see more movies so we recently just saw air as well yeah um and the super mario brothers movie which uh travis and the kids did a whole podcast on uh while i was at taylor swift which was amazing but um yeah so let us know what you want us to talk about and tell us your take on this movie did you like it did you hate it do you think they need another one or is the story played out and done what do you think I don't know. Like, apparently, we're getting one more, whether yeah. we like it or not. I so. miss Dewey. I miss Dewey. Yeah. David Arquette is nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you got... For me, I was like, ooh, once Dewey's gone, it's like over. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I felt that when when they killed Randy, ooh, I was like, you, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> that was rough. So um, anyway, thank you so much for listening. And... We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time.